Springfield has an average surface wind velocity comparable to Chicago, Illinois. Live! To a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower, you're listening to Having Trying Food Pod, a.k.a. Food 17, but mostly K.A. Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I'm Andy Carr. And live from the Windy City, it's Dan Howell. <laughs> Dan, let's get to this week's restaurant, the story of which begins in the year 2013. The place is the Walmart near West Bypass, and the restaurant is Coop's Fresh Kitchen. Coop's Fresh Kitchen. Andy, have you ever heard of Coop's Fresh Kitchen? Not until this very moment, my friend. Well, Coop's Fresh Kitchen, named for Agent Dale Cooper from the series Twin Peaks. Quick sidebar. Did you watch The Return? I didn't watch the non-return. Oh, it's a masterpiece. Sidebar over. I um I, I've definitely seen a little bit of Twin Peaks. Dan, and I, I said know. sidebar over. <laughs> I just wanna get it out there that uh Twin Peaks is a series for um sci-fi freaks and uh geeks of all types, uh which ties into the beautiful restaurant that we reviewed this week, Scully's. Oh, Scully's. Now if Scully's were a beautiful butterfly, Coop's Fresh Kitchen would be the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coop's transformed into Scully's in late 2016. Scully's, named after Agent Scully. Oh, my. As in Mulder and Scully. I didn't even put that together. It makes total sense. So... You can really tell this place is owned by a couple freaks and geeks, as I put it. <laughs> so the sidebar wasn't quite over. All right. Andrew, Scully's opened for business in 2016 on Tampa Street, just across Chestnut Expressway from the famous Government Plaza. Weird spot. They soon moved to the White River Brewery to be further from the law and closer to precious beer. <laughs> it's been said that they had to leave White River after nearly running them out of gravel bar. Fun fact, it's actually why they made the Gravel Bar double IPA, to satiate their thankless need for beer. (laughs) They then spent a short period in a scaled-down trailer, traveling from event to event, like outlaws on the run from the law, much like outlaws are wont to do. Um, In the end, they ended up tucked away on the quaint corner of Cherry and Pickwick, safe from the law's view with limited access to beer. Andy, much like Jake Sully, who left Earth for the promise of sweet unobtainium on the floral planet of Pandora, Scully's is out of this world. I agree, Dan. Andy, forget Sully Sullenberger. I want Scully Scullenberger to crash land safely into my belly. Miracle on the Hudson, more like Miracle on my Buds, son. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. (laughs) So, Daniel, when did you first discover Scully's? Um, You know, I I should probably preface this whole discussion with um, the fact that I know the owners of Scully's through my lovely girlfriend. Uh, she's been longtime compatriots of theirs. So we were in on the train pretty early. However, not Coop's Fresh Kitchen early. Yeah. 
So you never ate at Coop's? No, I think we knew about it, but it's it, it's just too far away. Well, I think I learned about... You think you learned about... <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, I learned about Scully's from the 417 Magazine food and newsletter, which was one of my favorite things. Now, I may have just found it on Facebook or through social media or something like that, but the most important part of the story is that their first location on Tampa Street was very close to the school where I work. And I think it was during the beginning of the school year whenever we have a lot of days to, you know, to prepare. So I was at school during the day and I was able to go get lunch at Scully's, which, was, which I was very excited about. Uh, it's a lot different now than it was then. Yes, it's definitely evolved. Um, I don't know if there is a step above Butterfly, um, <laughs> but Scully's 2018 would be um, perhaps a Mecca Butterfly. Yeah. Before we get into the present day Scully's, I do want to go over a couple things from Scully's past. I have a lot of really good memories there. I actually think it was my 31st or 32nd birthday. Scully's was the first stop on the agenda that night. So we met there and had dinner and went to other places. Like, I loved it. It was my place, you know, there for a while. There was also another time after they moved to White River that I was kind of going through a tough time and me and my buddy Dan met up and hung out for a while. And uh, it was nice. Made me feel better. So that's definitely true. Um, I've consoled many people (laughs) at my local Scully's. Uh huh. So should we get into our meals? Andy, I think that'd be nice. (laughs) So... Do you have a regular order at Scully's, Dan? Andy, if I'm going to Scully's, it's probably going to be that pork on pork ramen. It's right there, top left-hand corner. They want you to see it. They want you to order it. And I do dang near every time. (laughs) So you uh, stand for the pork, eh? (laughs) Andy, as we've all heard and have all surely said, I stand for the pork, eh? So is that what you ordered uh, this week? Yes. Um, I really, I I thought about possibly venturing outside of my normal because I do go to Scully's a lot. Um, I am putting Joe and Laura still through college. <laughs> um, I decided that it would be best if I went with my normal order, which was, of course, the pork on pork ramen, and then a kimchi fries split between my lovely partner. Excellent. Excellent choice. I, too, ordered the kimchi loaded fries, which Mm. I will get to in a second. Now, I discovered something interesting during this visit. I did not know that they will mix up the meats or they'll do meat combinations in the ramen. And I learned this because the man who ordered after me had a plethora of questions. His name is Joe. Is that correct? Uh, yes. It, I mean, it could have been Jeremy you sp- spoke to as well, but Joe is the owner. Oh, okay. It was one of those two men that was working the window and he was so kind to this guy that I found extremely irritating. <laughs> Just asking needless questions, thing that seemed obvious. I related to the guy a little bit because he seemed to have tremendous menu anxiety, which is a feeling I'm familiar with from trying a place for the first time. But still, I, you know, have a little bit of mercy on the, uh, servers or people taking my order. But yes, he wound up settling on combining two different meats in his ramen. So this is something you haven't done before? No, um, I, I've definitely tried their other meats in their wok bowls. But uh, d- did he go with the lemongrass beef? I don't recall exactly what he went with. I think it might have been pork and chicken. Ooh. Yeah. 
I ordered a wok bowl with stir-fried noodles and chicken, plus a half order of kimchi fries, as I mentioned before. The first thing I noticed was the onions in each dish were cut differently. Doesn't seem like a big deal, right? I believe that it is. These people care about texture. The kimchi onions were thicker and larger, maybe a square inch and a half each, while the wok bowl onions were thinly sliced, maybe a square half inch. And I appreciate how rare that level of uh, craft is. Uh, the wok bowl had a beautiful presentation. It was so aesthetically pleasing to look at that I felt a little remorse when I, you know, tore into it. It's a problem there. Um, what's your strategy with that? Um, you know, we we had to take a lot of pictures of ours beforehand for the Springfield Mo Pod. Um, Spring Food Mo. Uh, oh, sorry, Spring Food <laughs> Mo Pod. Excuse me, I get my uh, city mixed up with a uh, its beloved podcast. <laughs> um. We, you know, I, I went with the ramen, so it, it does all kind of get jumbled up, uh, is, is the uh, local colloquialism. Whenever you pour the uh, oil into it, it gets jumbled up. Mm-hmm. So I didn't much like have a, to worry about like the aesthetics a, there. Like a jambalaya? Yes, um, it, it actually is. Uh, ramen is Japanese for jambalaya. <laughs> I didn't know if you know that, um, but it is. So you shake it all up. Eat it all mixed up together. I usually I, I've experimented with uh, going with half the oil first and then kind of finishing off with some oil. But for this time, I just went full oil whole thing. I think it uh, you risk your oil kind of getting cold on the side if you're going to leave it out right of the entire mix. So I like to get it all in there at once and just take that flavor. While we're on that topic, Dan. Let me tell you something that I appreciate about certain ramen restaurants. Now, this doesn't really apply to Skull Eye since they're mostly a takeout establishment. But have you ever, you know, not finished your ramen? I often don't. Uh, it's, it's usually in pretty large quantities. Okay. Yeah. It's a huge portion most of the time when you get ramen. I tend to try and eat only half of every meal. I did not this time. <laughs> I usually try to eat only half of every meal that I eat just to, you know, not get sick or something. <laughs> And I will ask for a container to put my ramen into. And the best ramen restaurants will take your ramen to the back and they will pour your broth into a separate dish from the other components of the dish, which will be in a box or something like that. It's ingenious. Why doesn't every place do that? Andy, um, I'm not well versed in the ramen restaurant uh pantheon if you will <laughs> but i would say that if scully's did have a brick and mortar and they were serving you at a table they would go to the back and do that it's all hypothetical but oh. i think they would scully's respects the ramen oh they, would <laughs> they respect it. the ramen <laughs> so yeah back to scully's and strategies I got a wok bowl with noodles, so my strategy was a little bit different. Honestly, if I had a criticism of this dish, and I'm not entirely sure that I do, to be clear, it's that the proportions were maybe a little heavy on the noodles. I could have taken a little bit more of the uh, toppings and a little bit less of the noodles, but the noodles are so good that I can barely even register that complaint. Is this making sense at all? Andy, can I tell you something about the wok bowl? Yes, please. I prefer the fried rice. Really? I think it blows the noodles out of the water. No kidding. And I, I love their noodles, but I think in the wok bowl, uh, this is more just a preference on my part. They're a little sticky, 
They're all uh, stuck to each other with that kind of spicy, almost paste around them. Uh, whenever I get those noodles, I want that ramen broth on top of it. And if I'm not getting the broth, give me the rice, baby. <laughs> give me the rice, baby. <laughs> I really respect that opinion, Dan. This is actually my first time getting the noodles. I felt like I should try something different for, okay, maybe I'll get into it now. Their menu has changed so much, and I tend to get attached to certain dishes. They used to have a miso peanut bowl that was similar to the wok bowl, but it had peanut sauce. And you may or may not know that peanuts and peanut-related products are generally my favorite food group. And so I've just kind of trying to, I've been trying to replicate that experience, and it just hasn't quite happened, no matter what I've tried at Scully's. That's why I tried the lo mein noodles this time which I, I really love them. They were delicious. But I want to get back to my meal because there's so much more to say. <laughs> Those noodles were seasoned and fried to a deep light brown. They lined the bottom of the bowl, then evenly portioned out on top were the grilled chicken, green onions, white onions, peas, carrots, and cilantro. They each kind of had their own section. It looked so good. I know we already said that, but it just looked awesome. There's pictures on our Instagram if uh, listeners want to check it out. Uh, the toppings on the loaded kimchi were similar minus the carrots, and plus sliced cucumber, plus a substantial helping of house-made kimchi mayo and queso fresco. Now, it is a testament to the talents of the folks behind Scully's that dishes with such, that dishes with such similar ingredients yielded such different flavor profiles. Now, Andy, I want to ask you about those kimchi fries was that sliced cucumber fresh or was that a part of the kimchi? Because I thought that that was some pickled, which uh, I, I hope we didn't just say the secret word for today's episode. But the, I, I thought that those were pickled cucumbers, much like a pickle. You are probably right. I may have mistaken part of the kimchi for just straight cucumbers. Okay, we'll go with I'm definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just default to that in general. <laughs> Me being a dummy and all. <laughs> So yeah, this is my first time ordering noodles in the wok bowl, as I probably said. And I, I'm probably not going to go back to rice. I liked it that much. The noodle flavor was robust, had a really nice zip to it. It was not exactly spicy, and somehow, I don't know how, but it didn't cover up the flavor of the veggies, meat, and sauces. In fact, all the elements of the bowl complemented each other, which I guess is the idea with a bowl, like, you know, bowl food. <laughs> <laughs> but it's deceptively difficult to do that, and the Scully's Bowl dramatically exceeds the requirements to meet that goal. Andy, I'm going to have to agree with you on every <laughs> single take you had on that bowl. They For a restaurant that's serving these things out of plastic take-home containers, the fact that whenever you get it home, you can still pop it open Ugh. and it be kind of a beautiful, artful experience with your food... I, mm, mm. Another thing I love about Scully's, and this only partially applies to takeout for reasons that will become evident here in a moment, their food is hot. Yes, sir. It is served fresh off the cooker. <laughs> Technical term, cooker. Yeah. Even though I had an extraordinarily long drive home that day because it was during rush hour and you know I had to go take care of some stuff, putting things uh, away after work. It was still hot even after like 15 minutes of sitting there. Yes. that That's impressive. So we both got kimchi fries. You want to tell me about your kimchi fries? I want to tell you about these kimchi fries, and I want to tell you about every single order of kimchi fries <laughs> I've ever had from Scully's. Um, because 
it's coming up on a plethora. I love Scully's kimchi fries so much. Now, they used to have an alternate to the kimchi fries, the curry fries. Oh. Um, pretty similar, but with sweet potato fries and a slightly different sauce on them. And then, of course, of course, a uh, kind of curry seasoning instead of the w- whatever's going on on these kimchi fries. Yeah. Um, I love the kimchi fries so much. I love the pork on pork ramen so much. I don't even know that I have to really get into that pork on pork. Um, if I have to get you on board with a ramen that comes with crispy pork belly <laughs> and pulled pork, as well as all the other normal ramen accoutrement, then frankly you're a sucker <laughs> dan i may be a little bit of a sucker i gotta tell you i'm not the biggest fan of pork belly you should see his face <laughs> he's, he's shocked it's like i'm not sure that we're friends anymore andy <laughs> if if the words crispy and pork are entering the menu space it's what i'm ordering but andy i'm sorry tell me a little bit more about your kimchi fry experience oh man Pretty similar to yours, I have to say, but just allow me to rhapsodize for a moment. (laughs) May I? The kimchi fries. Well, let me just say that I'm a person who generally strives to maintain both mental and physical fitness, yet it is also true that I'm a person who's known to eat an order of loaded fries for dinner. (laughs) I have conflicted feelings towards this particular dish at Scully's for reasons I'll get to later. We keep hinting at this, but wow. I'm almost frustrated that Skull Eyes is so close to my house now because I'm going to be eating loaded fries for dinner far more often instead of eating, you know, a bunless turkey burger or whatever I would make for myself on a weeknight. The fries are crispy, we'll say medium thick, prepared fresh, not frozen. The proportions of the sauces and veggies are ideal, enough to provide flavor and texture, but not so excessive as to make the fries soggy, which is so important with loaded fries. So many places mess this up. And it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Just moderate the sauce. Anyway, obviously the point of the fries is to be crispy. And if your dish negates that, then your dish isn't much of a dish. Andy, <laughs> I totally agree with you. I'm talking the last wet fry in the corner of the takeout box. Still going to oh. have some crisp to oh. it. And I, I think I know why that is. It's because they coat them I believe in cornstarch. Oh, is that it? Frying. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I went there once with a gluten-free friend, uh, a GFF, <laughs> and they had asked about what the fries were battered in because often uh, fries will be battered in sort of a coating of flour to get that extra crisp on there. Right. But I believe Scully's said that they do theirs in cornstarch, which is a nice gluten-free option. Oh, I love Scully's. <laughs> I love Scully's too. Some I think about their food and things like that. It's almost like a feat of engineering more than it is cooking. That is so over the top. <laughs> <laughs> These are true American heroes. <laughs> they are. The kimchi, I feel like the word kimchi scares some people. You generally think of it as spicy, but this kimchi has a pretty mild heat level. Uh, It's the kind of heat you can feel all around your mouth rather than just on your tongue, which I like, but it doesn't wear out its welcome. It doesn't get hard to tolerate over time, you know, the heat level. 
The mix between the kimchi and the queso fresco is inspired, to say the least. It's just so rich and creamy. I'm ready to declare that the Scully's loaded kimchi fries are easily in my top three loaded fries in the city. Maybe even in contention for number one. Andy, I can't think of a single loaded fry that outloads these fries. Dan, we'll have to discuss this at another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about our ramen, Dan? I, I, I want to say one more thing about the ramen. Um, as I discussed earlier, I love that pork ramen, but there is another ramen. Uh, there are actually two more ramens. There's the uh, Chickwick ramen. Um, that's a cross between cherry and pickwick as you may have been able to tell and it has chicken and soft boiled egg it's good i'm not here to discuss that <laughs> i'm here to tell you about a word that i'm afraid of much like you were so spooked by kimchi i saw you shiver over there whenever you said it <laughs> it's not me i was speaking on behalf of other people no no you got scared i saw it um andy has his blanket now uh <laughs> I'm totally curled up. After that kimchi scare we had not too long ago, I'm a little afraid of the word tofu. Oh, I see. And um, I just have to tack this on here at the end for our review of the lovely, illustrious Scully's food truck. <laughs> the shroom and foo ramen. Um, if you are a vegetarian, if you are a vegan, I actually don't know if you can eat this. I, I think this is a vegan option. Check their website. Um, I will not. I wasn't talking to you. The shroom and foo ramen is so good. I I am not a tofu um, fanatic. In fact, I'd say I'm a tofu skeptic. But this <laughs> tofu is smoked and then fried, and it tastes it. It nears the perfection of the smoky pork flavor. Oh um, I, I would definitely recommend it for you uh, as a pork belly skeptic or as um, I would say a moron. <laughs> um, I would recommend you try the shroom and foo ramen for that same smoky, smoky flavor, salty, just punch of the barbecue. And I, I, th I think they achieve that with these little cubes of soy um and honestly i don't know how they do it feats of engineering my friend feats of engineering welcome to feats of engineering with mr howell and mr Carr. <laughs> okay dan i think it's time to get to our ratings out of five how many renovated mobile homes would you give scully's food truck out of five rmh's i'm gonna have to lay down a full five RMHs. Wow. It's just, I, whenever I think of Scully's, it just makes me happy to. Karen! A, Karen, get in here. He's giving something a five. Hold on, guys. He's getting Karen. Karen! Karen? She's here. She's she's the receptionist for the 16th floor. Okay. Okay. Go, go ahead and hold on my calls, Karen. Thank yeah. you. Um, Karen actually couldn't come to the mic to um, revel in the glory that is a five RMH review from the Spring Food Podmo boys. <laughs> but suffice to say, she's pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, she, we just like her here to keep records, you know, of monumental occasions. 
So, Thank you, Karen. Dan. I love that you gave it a five. And I love Scully's too. I want Scully's to receive a five. I want to give it a five. With the deepest, innermost sanctums of my heart, I want to. But I can't. I was about to say, it sounds like Andy's giving it a five. I'm not giving it a five. I'm giving it four point five renovated mobile homes out of five. Andy, I can't say I'm not a little disappointed to hear that you didn't give it the max. Funny you should use the word disappointed, Dan. Scully's once had a top five dish in the entire city, but they have stopped serving it. I can't, in good conscience, give them my top score for that reason. I'm sure they had their reasons, whether logistical or maybe the dish didn't sell, but when I go to Scully's now, no matter how excellent my meal is, and it is always excellent, I just can't get their bloomin' kimchi out of my mind. Dan, did you ever try the bloomin' kimchi? Um, no, I did not. And you're you're shivering again, by the way. Oh, is it cold? Karen! Hey, can you turn up the heat? She'll get that. <laughs> um... Okay, you've eaten at Outback Steakhouse, probably, right? Yes. You've had a bloomin' onion at Outback Steakhouse. Absolutely. Literally the only thing worth eating on their menu. Scully's replicated that breading almost perfectly, but they breaded and fried kimchi. That's madness. And you would get so much. It was like $5. I'm going to take up an entire, you know, nine inch by nine inch to go box, and it would be full to the brim. Oh, I just, I'm thinking about it right now, and it's just making me deeply remorseful that it's been cut from the menu. Now, I will say that I admire that that is sort of part of what Scully's does. They constantly evolve. I just wish they would evolve backward <laughs> to having the blooming kimchi again. Well, Andy, um, I'm sure that if anything's going to make that possible, it would be this podcast hitting airwaves and <laughs> just a massive influx of mobs of concerned kimchi lovers. Yeah, maybe we'll get the word out. Maybe we should start a writing campaign, send postcards. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get, uh, like, what did they do for Veronica Mars? We'll send, like, hair to them or something yeah let's send them hair okay i would everybody go ahead and cut off a two to three inch lock of your hair wrap it in a twisty tie put it in an envelope send it to scully's on the corner of cherry and pickwick that's our review for scully's everybody send your postcards send your hair to them asking for the blooming kimchi back (laughs) 4.5 and 5 renovated mobile homes pretty excellent what's that an average of 4.75. Thank you, Andy. (laughs) Now, Andy, I think you said that we have a new segment this week. That is a fact. It's time for Food is Everything. The concept behind Food is Everything is not as lofty as it sounds. The idea we want to explore is how certain memories become inextricably linked with food, like 
what you ate on a first date or before a great concert or during a movie that became your favorite movie. Dan, why don't you start us off? Andy, the year is 2014. A 22-year-old Daniel, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and Andy, slowly creeping into his 30s, (laughs) are on a trek to Austin, Texas. South by Southwest is the name of the game. It's mecca for young artists of all genre and sizes to congregate and play their music during the day in unlikely venues sponsored by Paste Magazine and Tito's Handmade Vodka. Little did I know that my two largest takeaways from that weekend of music and food would be tacos and a band with a pretty disgusting name. (laughs) That is for certain. So on our drive down to Austin, Texas... Andy, you played for me a band that we would be seeing during our three or four days um, at South by Southwest, a band called Diarrhea Planet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I am sorry. You're sort of a planner. um, (laughs) So you had taken the lead on getting us RSVP'd to all these free shows. Um, it's something I never could have done myself, and I'm very thankful to you for it. It was an experience of a lifetime that truly I would not have had without your you, brain. You you seem to be a person who's able to relax. <laughs> that is not me. This trip was on rails um, from the very start, uh, much like a train trip. <laughs> Andy, we ate so much food oh. at South by Southwest. I I hesitate to even mention all the places um, just for the fact that our listeners may slip on their own saliva <laughs> from salivating onto the floor. Always a risk. Andy, what, why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience in Austin, Texas? Right. Okay. So we will run down all the places we ate eventually, but I think we both have one specific story from this trip we're going to share where, like I said before, the food that I ate is just inextricably linked to this memory of this day. So, as Dan said, I had these days planned out very precisely. I knew which bands we were going to see when. One of the days we were there, we were going to an event. It was some kind of Bell House, Taco Bell House, something like that. Well, the hook at this event was that there would be free Taco Bell tacos and now these parties start at like 11 in the morning and run till five or six at night typically and then the actual south by southwest festival happens in the evening we don't we didn't go to the actual festival we went to these parties that were like corporate sponsored before the festival started so yes we went to one sponsored by taco bell that had the promise of tacos and i cannot resist the allure of the promise of tacos. Now, I was thinking, I'm just going to go crazy and eat this free food. I'm, I was fresh out of college, didn't have a real job, you know, didn't have a whole lot of money. was pretty stoked to be eating some free, terrible tacos. So we showed up at 1030 and there was a line to get in as there is at everything. And whenever we did finally get in at like 11, there were no tacos inside. Now, zero. The line is important to mention because to get back in, we would have, would have had to stand in line again. And there were four bands in a row that I really, really wanted to see. Now, the first one was Y Oak, who are actually much bigger now than they were at the time. After that was Albert Hammond Jr. and Albert, Albert Hammond Sr.'s son. 
Albert Hammond Sr. son. I missed Albert Hammond Jr. Yeah, because you gave up. I, I had to get out of there and get, get a little cheesesteak in my belly. Yep. And I said, no way. I'm sticking it out. I got to see this stroke. <laughs> <laughs> the stroke's the word. <laughs> yeah, Albert Hammond Jr. is uh, one of the guitarists in the strokes. The one I was most excited to see was Against Me. I love that band and I wanted to have a prime spot in the front of the stage. So several hours go by. The tacos had not shown up. After six hours and no food, I was feeling weird, awful. <laughs> I was so hungry. And that Against Me show was great. Do you remember it? I do. It was a raucous affair. Yeah. And they played songs from all throughout their career. Transgender Dysphoria Blues had just come out and... That is like just a brain melter of an album. It's so good from start to finish. And I'd like their last two albums quite a bit as well. So it was a really special occasion to get to see them in such a small venue. And then we got out of there and we actually had another show to see, which was The Hold Steady, my favorite band. Now, Andy, you like The Hold Steady, I've heard. I, I do like The Hold Steady. You know, I'm not totally sure that they are my favorite band anymore. I don't know. It might be The Menzingers, it might be Japan Droids. It might even be, you know, one of several rappers is technically my favorite band now, but who knows? Who knows? At the time, the Hold Steady were still my favorite band. I think we saw them twice on this trip. So we saw my favorite band still starving. Then we drove, oh, we drove to Del Taco. I have a long history with Del Taco. I have grandparents that live in Southern California where Del Tacos are prevalent. So I have many Del Taco experiences, but in my memory, this is the very best one. I got fish tacos and loaded fries. I love loaded fries. <laughs> <laughs> I guess these aren't technically loaded fries. They were chili cheese fries. But if you haven't had Del Taco fries, and I pray that you have, you should know that they are crinkle cut fries. They're very crispy, incredibly salty. And their chili is fine. It's fine chili. They put it on top of the fries. They put the cheese on there too. And I mostly just remember you know, we were pretty exhausted from having stood on our feet and me not having eaten. It was just a great feeling. It's, there's just like a certain kind of euphoria that comes from almost like a positive traumatic experience, like going to a music festival. And that that's what I experienced at Del Taco that day. Well, and you're swimming in those endorphins from oh. that like late 20-something dad rock and you just need those tacos <laughs> in your body. You had been denied... Uh, Taco Bell tacos, which I mean, let's face those are absolute trash garbage, but <laughs> I we we pined for them and they didn't show free Taco Bell. I would rather pay for a Del Taco taco than eat a free Taco Bell taco, put it on my tombstone, Dan. <laughs> what's I think food? Andy's asking me to kill him. Um, <laughs> There, there's sort of a hierarchy of tacos, in my opinion, for this trip to South by Southwest. Um, there's the, Is that the title of your memoir, Hierarchy of Tacos, yes. the Dan Howell story. <laughs> there's the No Show Taco Bell tacos. No, I think that'll be a posthumous biography, actually. Oh God, <laughs> which taco reigns supreme? I actually used to do karaoke under Taco Supreme. Really? Uh, yeah, it's a. I, I, I didn't even know you like karaoke. It's a great karaoke quick, name. Quick karaoke sidebar. Top three karaoke go-to jams. Number one, Lightning Crashes by Live. Um, it's an absolute crowd 
burner. Uh, they burn <laughs> and they die. <laughs> a, lot of, um, a lot of death all of a sudden. Yeah. What happened here? Um, Lightning Crack. That's a death-centric song. <laughs> I think beyond that, my other one, I, I like Zombie by the Cranberries. Mm. Um, those are both just kind of caricature songs. Quick, I just make fun of the person's voice who's singing it, which is a little rude to Dolores of the Cranberries, who's just passed recently. Mm. Speaking of death. And my third one's probably Rocky Raccoon. Ooh, just because I, I know the lyrics. I don't have a I don't have a top jam. I think I've only done it a few times. I don't even remember what I did. It's not my favorite thing. You really painted yourself in a corner here. I know. The the one memory I have of karaoke, I tried to do Born to Run. You know, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm. I just butchered it. I've heard that song hundreds, yeah. plural, hundreds of times. And the way he uses words and uh deploys phrasing, it's it's so unique. I could not replicate it. I tried Don't Stop Me Now by Queen uh-huh. for one of my very first karaoke Brave. cuts. Uh, that was that was very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I don't sing as well as Freddie Mercury. All right. Let's hop back onto that train to Austin, Dan. Tell so, me your food is everything from Austin. Hierarchy of tacos. You've got your Taco Bell. Next in line there for me is going to be Del Taco. I don't have some grand life-altering experience with Del Taco like Andy does because I skipped Albert Hammond Jr. to eat a Philly cheesesteak. Not something I'm super disappointed over. We had some more tacos on that trip. And I know what you're probably thinking as an audience. Get to the Torchies Tacos, boys. Hey, we did do that. We did. Think twice. Think about who you're listening to. We ate at Torchies. But Torchies, they're going to settle right there in that number two spot because nothing is going to beat the Rudy's breakfast taco oh. that we had on the eve of one of the greatest concert going experiences of my life. We ate Rudy's breakfast tacos at least once. If you don't know what Rudy's is, it's a barbecue chain uh, located, I think, primarily in Texas, maybe a little in the yes, southwest there, region. There are now a couple locations in Oklahoma. I actually brought some back for oh. my family this summer because I took a trip to Texas. Wow. That makes me want to take a trip to Oklahoma because... Don't. <laughs> good point. Good <laughs> counterpoint for Mandy. Don't go to Oklahoma, guys. Rudy's is your pretty straightforward barbecue joint. Um, they're going to put your their meat on the wax paper. Um, you're going to pick it up with mostly your hands, I think. Um, but we're we're not we're not even going to touch on that. Go there in the morning. Uh, there's there's one breakfast menu item. It is a taco. Yes. Um there are probably do they, do they have burritos? No. 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 No burritos. No. Um you can't get scrambled eggs. You're not going to get a side of bacon. There's no white toast. Um, You're going to be eating breakfast tacos, plural. And you're going to like it. (laughs) And you're going to maybe sip a Big Red. I think that's a Texas drink. They are a great barbecue restaurant. So it goes without saying that the... Was it brisket or pulled pork? I I think think I had brisket in mine. Yeah, I think you can get either. So the meat is very high quality. But they do something with their eggs. I'm not even a big egg person, but their eggs are just unreal. They're so soft and full of flavor in a way that eggs aren't normally. Andy, as I'm wont to do, I got a little overzealous in the ordering of the Rudy's Breakfast Tacos. <laughs> I, um, I, I think I ordered three. Really walking around Austin in the harsh March heat, 
three breakfast tacos is not a great way to start the day, especially <laughs> breakfast tacos of this size and caliber. What is the deal with Texas? I mean, it's so hot most of the year, and they, they're known for this heavy food and huge portions. It makes no sense. Yeah, I you know, you got to keep Austin um, just a little clogged up, I think, is there. <laughs> keep Austin clogged. <laughs> yeah, keep Austin clogged. Arteries, specifically. I, I had to save one of the tacos, is what I'm getting at. I had to <laughs> pocket it. I couldn't throw it away. It, it, it had brisket inside of it. A pocket taco, if you will. We were walking from our parking spot to the Thrasher Deathmatch, um, where we would see uh, my beloved Diarrhea Planet for the second time. Um, the first being a one o'clock hot dog shop yeah. show. Um, another Crazy. little link to food from the trip, although we did not try the hot dogs. Let's let's talk about that show for a second. No stage. It, no. And they they insisted on playing an all ages show because I believe the Thrasher was twenty one plus or eighteen plus. That's why they played at a little hot dog shop. And I I said one o'clock. I want to specify this is one p.m. PM. This is yeah. the afternoon. Um, this is a six piece band, oh four guitars, God. one bass, one drum. Six very active people on stage or on the floor in the case of that show. And we. We saw them perform inside a talk, a hot dog shop uh, called Frank's that was not meant to hold a six-piece band. Oh, no. I had my first experience with trying to be egged into a mosh pit. Um, <laughs> a gentleman who was very excited and maybe a little too drunk for 1 p.m. At the all-ages uh, hot dog show. He, he was trying to get me to get into this pit real bad. Now, it's already weird enough that there is a mosh pit happening at 1 p.m. inside of a hot dog shop. But I'm, I'm just not much of a mosher. I'm more of a stand-to-the-side type. I'm fine pushing you into the pit. I want people to have fun on their own terms especially to a band like diarrhea planet that is openly encouraging it you you were, you were 22 right Tw 22 22 i think i gave up moshing when i was like 20 i did I, my fair share from you know 13 to 19 but i was done man i, I never got into it and uh, i i definitely like some music that is advantageous to moshing especially um now in an era where Kids will find a reason to mosh at an Alanis Morissette show. Um, they moshing is kind of taken over uh, the concert going experience in general, especially in like hip hop shows. Yeah, rap shows have moshing now. I the, can't get they over have that. the wildest mosh pits there yeah. are. I think um, your Travis Scotts and your uh, Danny Brown. I I've well, one of the craziest mosh pits I have ever seen happened a couple years prior odd future right whenever they were first blowing up and i mean they didn't have like you know full-length major label releases yet and that crowd was out of control like i had to yeah. sit be so far away they were also terrible yeah it's it's really moved from beyond like a designated pit to just like a a real rage atmosphere throughout the entire crowd i believe the year that we went to south by southwest tyler the creator started some sort of riot at one of his shows oh, i think really? at the thresher thrasher That's death right because that was the next night or so it was the night before yeah that yeah was the night before um anyway we i were wondering if our show would even go on because of that so the taco went with me into the thrasher death match and into the <laughs> diarrhea planet show um in my corduroy jacket uh in the rain 
Um, I'm pretty sure I I ate that taco while watching Diarrhea Planet, um, which just kind of getting to the point of the whole segment that that Rudy's breakfast taco, uh-huh. even after having sat in my pocket, was so good that to this day it is really inextricably linked to one of my favorite bands, um, Diarrhea Planet. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really am sorry that I've said the name of this band so many times, <laughs> but I, I do As I love I. them. I'm sorry you did that. <laughs> uh, I, I love them so much, and it, it's your fault. And uh, just recently, they played their final shows mm-hmm. in Nashville, where they're from, and I, I made my way down there, um, kind of completing this four-year-long journey with this band, starting with you, going from Austin, Texas to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, they even played in Springfield. Uh, twice. Twice. Uh, we I, I, stood there pretty awkwardly, if I recall, one night, watching them with like nobody. Oh, they, they played at Classic Rock Coffee, um, and it, w- it was one of the biggest letdowns of my life. They, they <laughs> obviously put down... One of the best shows you can imagine because they're just that class of performers. But um, it, Springfield did not show up. To give a little context to everybody, you probably should just go listen to them and do not be put off by the name. If you're into you know heavy music at all, check them out. I mean, massive, massive guitars. They have, what, is it three or four guitarists? Four. Four guitarists in the band. The way that I explained it to Dan when I was selling it... They always open with the closer, but then it only gets crazier and bigger from there. It's like the first track on the album is the song that another band might close their album with. Like it's that huge. And they remind me a lot of Thin Lizzy, which makes sense because one of the times we saw them, I believe they closed with a Thin Lizzy song. Yes, they played Cowboy Song. Yeah. Yeah, which was awesome. It was beautiful. Anyway, so rest in peace, DP. Yeah, RIP DP. And um, I... I, I love tacos still. <laughs> I'd say that was a pretty great inaugural food is everything. What do you think? I'm still struggling to understand entirely what the concept of it is, but <laughs> I, any chance I can get to talk about Diarrhea Planet or tacos, I'm I'm pretty happy. Indeed, indeed. Well, it's time for our closing segment of the day. I believe this is a new segment brought to us by one Daniel Howe the first. This week's segment, a brand new barn burner of the segment is actually one i'm i'm kind of springing on andy this week it it, it involves a lot of user participation from him um andy welcome to a segment i call i've been pickling 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 okay i've been pickling what is this, Dan? Karen? <laughs> Karen? Karen! Karen's going to grab the pickles real quick. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. The view from the 16th floor is wonderful. You can see all the radiant glory of Springfield, Missouri. Oh, here come those pickles. Andy, as you may have heard, I've been pickling. Um, I have a few jars here in front of us that Karen has so delightfully brought to us of three things that i have recently pickled um i much like bob and what about bob uh have taken on a new identity after having pickled once i am now a pickler much like he was a sailor after having sailed that one time um i just recently started pickling and 
as you may be able to tell by the jars in front of us, the results look pretty good. They are aesthetically pleasing, much like the Scully's bowl that I had earlier this week. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, um, they they could very well taste like garbage, uh, <laughs> but they do look great. Like it it is, it's a sight to behold, y'all. Have you tried them? I have tried um, a few of these in front of us. What I have here is a jar of actual pickles, some uh-huh. speared cucumbers. Um, those have a little peppers in them. Nice. As as well as a traditional kind of pickle brine. Um, it's got some dill in there, a little coriander, and then some peppercorns. Um, now, I need to be forthright about something, Dan. And I don't know if you know this or not, but don't really like pickles i absolutely did know this because i asked you (laughs) and you told me that you don't like pickles um part of this segment is going to see if i can overcome your dislike of pickles uh with one of these homemade pickles here now i also have some pickled red onions here those are using the same brine as the pickles but they do have a little sweeter red onion flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with pickled red onions. Uh, they go quite well on Indian food. That, found. that sounds great. I, I love other vegetables pickled. It's just the traditional pickled cucumbers, pickled cucumbers that we refer to as pickles. That's, not, that's what I don't like. And then also here, I have some pickled peppers. And these I just made last night. Okay. So this is a fresh batch. They should be right about to the point where they are, in fact, pickled. Um, They have some garlic in there, as well as a new brine seasoning that I tried uh, with some mustard seed, which is supposed to help them stay nice and crisp, um, as well as some cumin. So these, I'm hoping, are going to take on a little more taco quality. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and plate some of these different pickled items, and uh, we're going to get your thoughts on them, Andy. I can't wait. Okay, sitting in front of me right now is a porcelain plate packed with pickles. The air's taken a vinegary, kind of spicy quality in the room. You kind of Whenever you pop those jars. And other people on the floor are complaining <laughs> because it is... 1 p.m., not exactly pickle time. Oh, they're hangry. (laughs) Where should I start, Dan? The red onion. Uh, Those are, I would say, probably the best, or my personal favorite, um, the ones I've been doing the longest. Here comes the red onion. Enjoy a little Mike Munch. Mm, It's certainly pickled. I like it. Thoughts? I'm into it. I was sort of expecting something similar to, you mentioned... You can get these with naan at an Indian Uh restaurant. It isn't exactly that, but it's still very good. Yeah, those, I believe, are in some sort of spicy kind of red sauce. Um, These we have put on sandwiches, uh, tacos. These are really, I think, the most universal of any of the three items I have here today. Um, in, In the pickling community, we call these a uh <laughs> the pickling community <laughs> the, we call these a workhorse um these are the ones that are really gonna pull through for you every time okay uh andy why don't you go ahead and try the peppers now like i said these are just pickled yesterday so uh-huh. they may be a little fresher now andy i did notice you got a full peppercorn <laughs> with that bite you took there 
Andy tried one of the yellow peppers. I'm going to get one of these mm. red ones. This is good. Wow. That's so much better than I thought it would be. When do you go into market with these? Honestly, Andy, I am using this whole podcast as a launch <laughs> pad for my pickling business. Um, and just the second it becomes viable enough for me to leave you, I am starting my own pickling <laughs> podcast and pickling company. Those are delicious. Yeah, that's great. That's special. Yeah, those really took on that human flavor. Why don't you go ahead and try the pickle here now? Did you say human flavor? That, that human flavor, Andy, please. We're not some sort of Hannibal Lecter podcast. I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm a little trepidatious about this. So the pickle, I have had some good feedback from them. Uh, they are a little spicy. They were put in, in there with some peppers. All right. Here we go. I got my blanket again. I don't know, man. If you don't like pickle, I don't see how you could like that. It tastes it tastes like pickles. Yep. It's not unpleasant. Usually pickles go with other food. Yes. And I just don't find that it complements other food for me. It overpowers. I feel that this pickle would be good diced and incorporated into a relish of some kind mm. to go with something. I'm a big pickle fanatic. I'm eating these things straight. Hope you you relish that opportunity. Okay, Dan, thank you for sharing your pickles with me. It is truly a privilege. And I think we're going to close out that segment and close out our show for Andy, the day. Andy, what a show it was. Indeed. Thank you all so much for listening. Please keep telling your friends about the show. Follow us online at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, springfoodpod.xyz. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, email them to us at mail at springfoodpod.xyz. And if you have a culinary obituary you'd like to hear on the show, write it up and send it, or record it on your phone and send the MP3 to mail at springfoodpod.xyz. Dan, where are we eating next week? Andy, I think next week we're going to spice it up a little bit. Ooh. <laughs> the taste of South America, Peru specifically. Ah, I cannot wait. That sounds to me as if you might be talking about Cafe Cusco. That or one of the other mini Peruvian restaurants <laughs> that Springfield has to offer. Yes, Andy, you're right. It's Cafe Cusco. So, if you're following along with us, and why wouldn't you be? Go and get yourself some Cafe Cusco. We will see you next week. Keep pickling, y'all.